1: Welcome back to the Lantern Roo Cycling Podcast, presented by Zwift for the final queen stage of UAE Tour. Up to Jebel Hafeet, it's perfectly flat. All the way to the base, 135 k's of flat, and then 11 k's at 6.7%. Last stage we have, I think, in the Middle East this year, and not as hard as Green Mountain, but it's a harder climb than Jebel Jais in earlier in the week. The GC standings before the stage were Pagacha on top, 14 seconds ahead of Lasov, 17 ahead of Yates with Almeida, Powers, Bill Bauer, etc., all around fifty seconds plus behind. Uh but yeah, nothing really happened. Benji, what about Alperson? And the, did Strachov end up getting in the break? I wasn't watching.
0: Strakov didn't get into the breakaway. We had an Alpsin rider in the break, though, Jan yves Vermeers. Uh, I didn't see the initial part of the stage, so I can't say if Strakov even tried to go in the breakaway, whether Alpsin controlled him or nothing like that. I was kind of surprised to see Mirko in the breakaway. I don't see any point of having Mikhail Mirko in the breakaway today. Perhaps he just wanted to go on a bit of a ride in front, together with the likes of Caden Grove, Joris Nieuwenhuis, Daryl Impey, Schwarzman. Like, most of these riders, there's no point of being in the break today, outside of just, I guess, exposure. but. Does exposure matter for a World Tour team at this uh, race? I, I'm i not so sure, to be honest. But UAE was the one controlling in the peloton for a lot of this race, keeping the breakaway on its leash. We even had Ackermann uh, working for Pogacar uh, here throughout the race. But in all honesty, the entire control was done by that team. And the climb was starting with roughly, I think, 10.8 kilometers from the line is when uh, the climb starts. A more selective climb, like you mentioned, as Jebel Jais, and it was once again the likes of UAE that was uh, doing the tempo, and did you feel like uh, you were surprised when Conrad moved to the front to try and take over from UAE for a bit?
1: On her feet, no, because Bora had Vlasov in third, and Hinley somewhere in the top 10, or maybe like 50 seconds, close enough. He was a little bit ahead of Micah, so Vlasov even said before the stage maybe we try 1-2 with Hinley and uh, on this stage to test out UAE. So Conrad pacing made sense. Apparently a little bit of headwind on the climb, which always makes it relatively easier in the wheels and harder to attack as well. But what I was most surprised by, and I was bigging them up, and I don't know what happened because it's one thing to say, I said that I thought Hirt and Tarame could put Pogaccia and a lot of people under pressure uh, based on how they went on Jais. Based on how they went in Tour of Oman, they got dropped from a group of 30. So maybe they just had a bad day. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just thought they'd be way better. The Waspacula don't add up. But Bennett Benji, when he took over from, well, who took over first? Was it when Conrad pulled off? Was it Micah attacking?
0: I feel like Bennett paced for a tiny bit before Micah yeah. did that uh, move. So it kind of, the Micah move was in between Bennett pacing. But like Bennett pacing today actually did more damage than on Jaiz. E. So shout out to George Bennett for uh, doing a great job in the train today. We had we felt like on Jaiz e. it wasn't the best pool and now it's actually a proper pool that actually damaged people in the group. So uh, yeah, that was cool to see. Good that he's part of that train and can actually uh, perform in that aspect. And then Micah was doing a bit of a move that... I don't know. The situation in the group was that Plapp was still there for Adam Yates. We had some people suffering at the back already uh, of the 20 people that were left basically. An Astana rider of the back every single time, but was able to come back a few times. And then Micah made a move knowing that he still has Almeida and Pogacar in the group. And I think the reasoning behind Micah making a move there, a little attack, is to see whether Plapp is going to start pacing or whether Yates reacts directly. And based on that, they can see what they do in the future, you know? But what do you think was the reasoning behind the move?
1: Yeah, kind of testing out because, as I said, Vlasov was like, we can try Henley 1-2. Henley didn't respond. And I was like, if Henley was feeling good, like on Jebel Jays, he responds to that micro-attack. And no one really responded except Platt pacing Yates back. So I think that was a pretty big tell for UAE that Bora didn't have it. and And they didn't. So it was really going to be with Intermarché gone, whether Yates could get any separation from pagacha And with Lucas Plapp, he's doing a time trialist climb where he's just sitting in the wheels trying to hang on, but he couldn't do, not his fault, this is quite steep here, he couldn't do a big pull to set up Yates, and Yates didn't have anyone to do that. So the climb just dragged on. We had... Bennett pulling, Bennett pulling. I think Almeida even pulling a little bit. Eventually, Yates attacked. He attacked earlier last year. He attacked off a decent-ish pace, and Pagacha snapped close to his wheel, paced for a bit, then it's like, nah, I'm not pulling anymore. And it came back together from, I think, Bill Bilbao Benji, who they didn't ride yeah. for in Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think... Could Yates have done anything differently? I don't really think he could have.
0: I think the only thing he can do differently in this race is perhaps go earlier. But when it comes to the gradients of Hafid, the steepest sections are towards the end. So that's the part of this climb that makes it hard for him to do the necessary damage very early on, because then he'd have to keep his pull up long enough. And then if he does that attack, if he does his attacks earlier. Then you can think, well, perhaps he might implode himself at some point because perhaps he knows and has calculated that this is the spot where he can start doing stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I just... If you don't get Pogaccia off the wheel in the first 15 seconds and Yates struggles through that because Pogaccia is more explosive and then he's sitting in the draft on a headwind, He has you have to be so much better than him. To be able to then drop him off the wheel, so with no pace being set up, I don't know. It's tough for Yates, and the gap was smaller. So maybe thought if I go later, one big big attack. It's not like the thirty seconds last year. I can bonus seconds and yeah. I even think Benji, with Almeida's form today, he would have been able to limit the losses pretty well for Pagace anyway. And and that's sort of what happened. The groups came back together. Vlasov was in a lot of trouble. And Bilbao brought them back. Platt was coming back. Eventually, Almeida attacked. Yates had to close it. We're now in the last two Ks. It levels off a fair bit. And Yates has one last big dig before it really flattens out. And he looked to have Pogacar in a little bit of difficulty, just not long enough. Uh, And Pogacar hung on, and then that was that. Pagatcha went to the front. We could show you the footage of last year's last kilometer, and you wouldn't know the difference. Pagatcha shifted up <laughs> before the chicane on the sort of dip section, and just cooked Yates in the sprint. So Pagatcha takes the stage. Maybe, sort of. I was hopeful in the early season. I was like, Adam Yates can do it. Into a new Skytrain. Nope. Uh, same result. Pagatcha wins the stage, one second ahead of Yates. Five seconds ahead of Bilbao, 15 ahead of Almeida. Plap fifth on 16, same time as Carlos Verona. <laughs> Better than Oscar Rodriguez, incredible from Verona's. Micah seventh and Vlasov losing 30 seconds to Pog. Loses his podium spot, Bouchard and Harper rounding out the top 10. Pogaccia taking GC ahead of Yates by 22 seconds, Bilbao by 48 Second, Before we discuss what we learned in UAE, if anything, a note from our show partner, Zwift Tour of Watopia starts next week. Five stages of riding with five new routes, unlocks and double XP, so your efforts help you level up twice as quickly. I'll be doing that every day. If you want to check it out, you can check out Zwift.com for a seven-day free trial through the link down below thanks to swift as always for supporting the lantern rouge cycling podcast but what do we learn benji from uae is there anything we learned
0: yeah i think we we learned quite a few things first of all when it comes to tadej pogacar he had covid two weeks ago or tested positive at least on covid two weeks ago and right now he's already uh back at a very high level and that's good to see for the rest of the season for him. Then next to that, Adam Yates, we know that one week races are a very good thing for him. Once again, just like last year he's the uh only rider that can compete with Pogatra at the Jebel Hafid finish and in the UAE tour in general. So that's a pretty clear understanding as well. Vlazov, once again, inconsistent. And that's the odd thing with Vlazov. It I find it really hard to predict when Vlazov will do well and when he do, will do words because he's inconsistent in the same type of climbs as well where sometimes on a very steep climb he can be very good and then sometimes on a very steep climb he's one of the ones that drops out earlier than you would expect it to happen and then on the longer climbs sometimes as well and it's hard for me to grasp on which ones uh, like, if you ask me the morning of a mountain stage, is Vlazov going to do well? I'm probably going to answer. I'm actually not sure. Guess we're going to see it this afternoon. And that's exactly what I said this morning because Vlazov looked great on Jaiz, looked great in Valenciana. And today it wasn't as expected. I thought he would be third on this stage, personally. And if, it's, if, it's was 20, stronger. Yeah? if it's
1: over 20 minutes, he struggles. If it's high pace from the whole, the whole time. So like, tw- this is 26, 27 minutes. He struggled yeah. in zero with that last year. The punch Plans, I think, sort of 12 minutes, 15 minutes. He's really, really good. Valenciano was 18 minutes, I think. But, yeah, as you said, it's it's kind of what we saw from him last year. He just seemed to lose. And he loses big time too, Benji. It's not like uh, five seconds like Bilbao in the sprint or Almeida or Platt. Platt lost only 16. Verona's 16. He lost 30 seconds and, and yeah. dropped out of the podium. Verona... Unbelievable performance. <laughs> I named him, I think, maybe one of my domestics of the year yeah. last year. He's uh, well, What should start do with him?
0: Uh, I think he's domestique still. Luxury domestique for uh, oh. Mars.
1: 100%. I would send him to One Weeks next year as and get his TT in order. They, what other options do they have? they got Mars and then no Baller. I would send him to One Weeks. Uh, but otherwise, Reaper Gacha... As Benji said, he takes out his home tour, UAE tour, for his team a second year in a row. Uh, maybe the least palatable sight in cycling. Pagatra, Hauptmann and Machen ch- shouting UAE at the finish line, but it is what it is. How did you – Almeida was better today than Jabel Jais, I thought. Yeah. What do you think of their train, Micah Bennett and uh, Almeida? I think it looks pretty good.
0: I think it looks pretty good as well. Like we've spoken in the UE team Emirates preview as well, that the train is relatively getting better. At least that's something I said at some point. And then next to that, that Almeida won't be part of that train on paper in the Tour de France. So we will see a different train on paper because he's going to the Giro and the Velta as planned currently. And is looking really good right now but I'm curious when it happens against a stacked Yumbo squad if they're going to be able to scale that up against each other and stuff like that. So that's something I'd like to see in a race where they both are uh, with their actual Tour de France squad because right now Dumoulin is not going to be in the Tour de France squad, Harper's not going to be in the Tour de France squad, so it's not really a uh, indicative there. And when it comes to UAE, if Almeida's not in the Tour de France squad, then Micah's the next in line in this race and he wasn't in the top four riders here either. Even though he was looking strong once again and arguably two years ago, I wasn't so sure whether Micah would be such an amazing luxury domestique as he is these days. So props to the guy. Um, When it comes to like Yates versus Pogacar, one final time, I do want to mention that like last year, Pogacar struggled on Jabal Hafi to try and follow in the same way that I'd argue today he did as well because he had to like properly take a breath after that last attack of Yates before the final sprint happened. And the question there is then, Because he struggles, are we too easily saying that he could drop as a consequence?
1: I think, yeah, probably. Because it's like, when he's struggling, the guy has just done in front of him his maximum watts for two minutes. And is also fully limited. So he can't drop because the guy in front of him also has to recover because to put Pagatra into difficulty, you have to do a huge attack. And yeah, also Jubella feet is a little bit warm, but they don't do any calories beforehand. So I do think though, you know, Yates is pretty much on his own on this climb. He, he had to do what he had to do. Didn't have anyone really setting the pace. What if it's... Jonas and Pogac- uh Jonas and Roglic, and Roglic attacks or Jonas attacks. Roglic sits in Pagace's wheel, and then he counters when Pagace wants to rest. And that's what I thought. I thought Bill Bow would get up the road. The benefit for Pegacha yep. here was it was his teammate countering, and then he got to sit on Yates' wheel while Yates closed it. So yeah, Yates kind of got worked over. But yeah. Like, what do you think? Do you think just because we see Pogaccia having to try sometimes, we're like, oh, he's about to drop?
0: The thing is, like, I think the aspect with Pogaccia is that we only see weaknesses from him like seven, eight times per year, five times per year, or even less at some points. And as a consequence, we're like, okay, we're looking for the slightest of vulnerability to be able to see whether a grantor could be a challenge because. We want to have a very like, close race at the end of the Tour de France, stuff like that. We want to have Yates versus Pogacar being a clear battle launch of not an easy ride for Pogacar to victory. I find it awesome what Pogacar is doing as an athlete, but I want tension. I want stress. I want to bite my nails the entire last five kilometers. And that's why we are looking for like vulnerabilities, the tiniest. like We know that he's weaker on hotter stages when climbs are relatively long and if he's under pressure for a long time in that stuff, but I don't know, like we've spoken about those, those things for, for a year and Jabel feed just wasn't it today.
1: And it's, you know, our methodology or being like, Oh, how can you drop a Oh, just do like 6.4 watts per kilo for 20 minutes in the heat with your domestics setting it up. Like <laughs> <That's, laughs> It's not like you can't just, Oh, you can write that on the board on the bus. <laughs> like you can't just, it doesn't just happen. And Intermarche, I thought would help Yates. So that's how I but yeah. Pagac takes out another UA tour. His next race, I think, is he crossing Roglish Path? Not really. Only no, at Liege. On. Torreno. Okay. So he's doing torreno Adriatico. The I would say the stronger G C field is actually over in Paris-Nice. He is against Lopez, uh there on the provisional start list. <laughs> I mean <laughs> okay. You said it the other day. <laughs> where would Remco finish on the climb today?
0: Where where would he finish on the climb today? Yeah.
1: Top five? You think? Yeah. Okay. Fifth. <laughs> I mean Luke, to be honest, Luke Platt, like that's Platt finished fifth, so we we Remco probably should be finishing with Platt. So yeah, that's not a hot take. That man. But, but, but yeah. um Oh that's my last question, bitch, sorry. Okay, okay. Did Luke Plapp not doing his TT on the TT bike really fuck over Enios more than we thought? How close did he finish today? Sixteen finish seconds. On? Sixteen seconds. Like, yeah, yeah. But it changes if because I think he would have been ahead of Pagetia. Could have been ahead of him, right? So it changes uh, the whole the way the rest of the race happens. <laughs> then UAE have to try drop him, and Yates can sit on Pagetia. Yeah, it's
0: it's an extra aspect to the race. You're right, but. I think that he would would have needed to be a bit better today to be able to may have that influence. Because when Pogacar went, when Yates went, Pogacar followed, and the second group was Bilbao and Almeida. If he was in that second group and came back to that group at the end, like Almeida and Bilbao did, then he can play a role like that. But otherwise, he's just a group too far, I think, to make an influence today.
1: I think Plapp's better than Remco right now. As a GC right now. <laughs> I don't see how you can see it any differently. Get him on the yes. TT bike. And I think, honestly, Plapen, uh what's his name? C-Rod, no longer Godriguez. Send them to the Welter in the TT. I challenge you.
0: I challenge you to put that on Twitter directly after this podcast.
1: Mate, do you think I care about my online persona on the I'll do it straight afterwards. Well, now that I've said it, I have to do it. Okay. In my quest to turn into the skip Bayless of the cycling world. Listen, it gets engagement. Anyway, we've gone off the rails. We've got to go watch on loop. Luke Clap, though, he around oh. juicy ride. Okay. Thanks for listening. As always, hope you enjoyed it. Classics are starting. We'll have Four Nardash on loop in a recap later this evening. And ciao.